On a Saturday morning time, once again, for our wine chat with our friend from Haskell's, Jack Farrell. Good morning, Jack. Hi, Denny. How are you this fine morning? Uh, I'm doing quite well. I'm glad to see a few showers. We can use that. Uh, maybe not Absolutely. for the fair, but uh, but we'll get through it okay. Well, it's a light shower. It's very yeah. pleasant. Absolutely. What are we going to be doing today? Well, I, first I thought I would talk about what wine goes with what food at the state fair, you know. And, and before I do that, I, I think it's kind of interesting. It's been almost 40 years now that they've had a wine contest at the state fair. And uh, what a hassle it was so long ago, decades ago, to even get the state to consider that because... All alcohol was banned at the state fair except 3-2 beer, and they didn't deem that that was alcohol, uh, that it had enough alcohol to affect anybody. Apparently they never sat in a 3-2 beer bar. But at any rate, the state was, it took about three years of tough lobbying to get the state to permit uh, actual wine competition at the state fair. And then when we got it, we were so elated with it, and eventually it took another decade or so before they had wine at the fair. And now they have wine at the fair and all the wonderful, I think there's 78 of them, wineries in the state of Minnesota, and an awful lot of them are represented at the fair. But I get questions, you know, what kind of wine should you have with a corn dog? Well, good question. What I would have is a Riesling, because don't forget that. A corn dog is basically a hot dog covered with cornbread, and hot dogs is smoked pork. And I always say a good Riesling with a smoked pork shop is a a marriage made in heaven. Dr. Tanish makes a Riesling that is absolutely delicious. Ice cold, it would be perfect with with corn dog. Another popular thing at the uh, fair is cheese curds. Well, here's some good news. Any wine goes well with cheese curds. You know, we have a saying in the wine business, if you're selling wine, serve uh, cheese. If you're buying wine, eat apples. And the reason is when you bite into an apple, you really taste malolactic fermentation in that apple, that first taste. And it makes your taste buds come to attention right away. So you, you become more critical of the wine you're drinking. However, if you have cheese, it coats your taste buds and makes everything taste pretty good. So if you're having cheese curds, by all means, why not try any wine that strikes your fancy? It would be fine. Ribs, uh, I'm a big, big fan of Argentinian Malbec, particularly a Gary Bay is a good one. Uh, their Malbec is absolutely terrific with barbecue sauce, and barbecue sauce is, you know, oftentimes spicy and sweet, so you, you need to match that up. And to, uh, Malbec from Argentina does that better than anybody else. If you're having American chili, one of Denny's old favorites and mine, too, is Terrace's Zinfandel. Tough wine to beat if you're having chili. And, of course, if you're having those sweet Mars's cookies, what could be better than Cavatina Sparkling Moscato? It's kind of sweet to match the sweet cookies, and it's delicious. Uh, that's about it for the fair as far as I was concerned uh, this year. What I was going to talk about is the consumption of wine worldwide. Who do you suppose is the number one consumer of wine for the entire world? No one would ever guess. It's the United States. Uh, and we're not the number one per capita, 
but we're the number one consumer of the wine. And that's because we have about 260 million adults who are drinking, and it's surprising because so many parts of the country ban wine. Actually, there are counties around the nation that are dry where you can't get a drink. And also, we're one of the few countries in the world where you have to reach a certain age, 21, to buy drinks. So in light of all those things, the fact that we're the number one consumer of wine throughout the world is amazing. I think our forefathers, particularly Thomas Jefferson, would be astonished because he tried to grow grapes for table wine at Monticello unsuccessfully most of his life. But uh, anyhow, it's nice to be number one in something. Who do you suppose is number two? Well, of course, you probably guessed it. It's France. Uh, It makes most of the rules. Kind of a lot of people say almost invented the wine business. Uh, And everybody drinks wine in France. And so with only about 50 million people, they consume just slightly less than we do in this country. And uh, even their prime minister, Macron, uh, he drinks two glasses a day and is very proud of it, even though he's very health conscious. And it just shows you wine is good for your health, I guess. Uh, The next one, well, you probably guessed it, is Italy. Uh, Italian consumption doesn't meet uh, the level of uh, other countries, but uh, per capita it sure does. But as a country, uh, in spite of, (coughs) pardon me, being the largest producer of wine in the world, Italy is, uh, they're only number three in uh, total wine consumed in that country. Number four is Germany, five is the U.K., and the U.K. today is producing some pretty good sparkling wines. Whoever thought they'd produce wine, and like Americans, they're very, very, uh, I forgot Germany, Germany's number four. And while they drink a lot of beer in Oktoberfest and that, uh, they certainly drink a lot of wine and are the world's largest consumers of sparkling wine in Germany. And the same thing as I've started to say is Britain's uh, number five. And it's just wonderful how the Britons are like the U.S. They're universal because they didn't produce much wine on their own in that country. They bring in wine from everywhere else. And, uh, Number six, believe it or not, is China. Yes, indeed, China. Of course, there's a billion people there, but they're growing all the time. The market today, they're fighting with the Australians about import taxes and that, and uh, their uh, wine imports are down about 15%, but nonetheless, they are number six. Number seven is Russia, and actually, in looking at these statistics, I was flabbergasted to find out when we think of the stereotypical Russian, we think of him drinking lots of vodka, etc. Actually, in Russia, over a third of the population are teetotalers. Then, uh, number eight is Spain. And, of course, Spain is a country that's all vineyards, much like Italy, and Tempranillo dominates the grape type. And, uh, of course, it's delicious with tapas in a bar, uh, etc. But they're number eight. Number nine is Argentina, and Bringing up the rear is Australia, which is number 10. And, of course, that's surprising because there aren't a lot of people living there. In 
the per capita consumption, this is kind of astonishing, number one isn't even in these top ten. It's Portugal. They consume about 52 liters per capita per year in Portugal of wine. That's the most in the world. They're followed quickly by Italy at 46. France produces, <coughs> drinks about 45 and a half. And then we have Switzerland, Austria, Australia, Germany, Spain, Netherlands, Belgium. We have to go to all the way to 16 to be the United States. So <coughs> I think those statistics are interesting. Uh, and it has a lot to do with how wine is made around the world because it's made for these big markets, etc. And I, I think it's very noteworthy that we here in America can be very proud of the fact, I think, that we are the number one consumer of wine in the world. Of course, we have a, a lot more people than most of these countries with the exception of uh, China. But uh, the fact is that, I, like I say, poor Thomas Jefferson, who tried to grow wine at Monticello for years and years and years, would be absolutely delighted to see that we've taken our rightful place in the world of wine. Uh, also, another item I wanted to discuss a little bit today is uh, our uh, 6 for 60, our Memorial Day, or I'm sorry, Labor Day 6 for 60. Uh, we have six wonderful wines for 60 bucks. It's just terrific. We have Fordant Rosé, which is a rosé from Provence, and it is delicious. It would go with almost anything you bought at the State Fair. Uh, uh, we have a Pinot Grigio Cantina della Torre. It is just a terrific Pinot Grigio. And Pinot Grigio is a wonderful wine for aperitifs. It, it is sort of, I always like to say, it's innocuous. It doesn't take center stage, but it's a very pleasant, easy-to-drink wine. Then the third wine in this 6 for 60 is Obscured. Obscured is a red wine blend, and it's a little on the sweet side, much like number one selling red blended wine is something called Apothic, made by the Gallo family. Uh, this Obscured is a little like Apothic, not quite as sweet, but it fills the bill for people who like that. The next one is Fog Mountain Pinot Noir, a delicious wine, kind of my go-to uh, wine uh, on a daily basis. It's very good, and at six for sixty, it's only ten bucks a bottle. Then Zinfinity, which is a wonderful Zinfandel, great with ribs or if you're having barbecue, anything that you're going to have barbecue sauce on. Uh, that Zinfinity is delicious, and Zinfandel, of course, is a wonderful American vine, which we found its original roots were in Italy, Primitivo is the Italian version of Zinfandel, but actually really came from Croatia. And uh, so it isn't an American weed, and Zinfinity is a sure good Zinfandel. And then lastly in our 6 for 60 is Projection Cabernet, a Cabernet uh, from the Central Valley, just absolutely delicious, everything you want in a Cabernet, not too big, uh, soft, and easy. But anyhow, while you're out at the State Fair, it is amazing to think, as I open this up with, is how the wine business has changed throughout the years. I mean, back decades ago, we had to lobby very, very hard and for several years to even get wine at the State Fair. And now they even have one building that is devoted to wines and it houses uh, several uh, Minnesota vineyards 
and they have all sorts of wines for you that you can taste and buy. And having a little wine with all that wonderful state fair food, in my opinion, really isn't a bad idea. Uh, I wish they'd let all kinds of wines be sold there, but we take one step at a time, and things when you're dealing with a government agency take a little time, as is evidenced by, I think it took three or four years for us to get, even get wine to be uh, submitted as an agricultural crop, and it, it took another six or seven years after that to sell wine at the state fair. Right now, so we go step by step, and hopefully that they'll allow wine at the state fair that you can get from all over the world. That would be more interesting uh, and not quite so uh, regional as ours. But bear in mind, with 78 wineries around the state, uh, there's an awful lot of selection, and some very, very good wines are made here in Minnesota. So here's to the state fair, and why not raise a glass instead of going to the beer garden, try stopping at the wine-tasting place, and taste a couple of different wines from different vineyards around the state of Minnesota. It would be not a bad thing to do while you're at the state fair. Absolutely right. And talking about exploring, you could explore any one of the Haskell's locations. That's right. We explore the world and bring from around the world the best wines we can find, and we've been doing it for 85 years, so we've gotten pretty good at it. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. It's still our summer sale. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior, right at the Excelsior Dock. In Faribault, we're right off at 35W. There's a Haskell's in Maple Grove, 22,000 square feet of vineyards of the world represented. In downtown Minneapolis, free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's in Minnetonka, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come in to Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And they'll answer not only all your questions, but open the world of wine to you. And don't forget, Haskell's does deliver. Thank you, Jack. Let's uh, do this again next week. Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.